Welcome to the Campfire Conversation Podcast. I'm your host, Cole Kelly. Ask almost anybody who's been to summer camp, whether they be kids or staff members, and they'll tell you it is awesome. They will also tell you through their words, but mostly through their actions, that they learn a ton while there too. As a longtime camp director, youth sport coach, and father to three growing young men, I know the lessons that we learn at camp can be hugely beneficial for all of us back home in the real world. So, each week, I'll spend some time around the digital campfire talking with professionals from inside and around the summer camp world. We'll share their lessons, their ideas, and their practices in a way that I hope will be immediately useful for your life back home. So, pull up a seat, get your marshmallow ready to roast, and let's spend some time learning together around the campfire. Hi, everybody. It's a new year, and many of us have set a health goal. Whether it's creating an exercise habit, dropping a few pounds, or not eating Nutella with a spoon, hey, I'm not judging you. We all want to get a little bit better. My guest around the campfire tonight can certainly help with all of those goals and many, many more. The interesting part is this. He'll actually have a start with our foundational building block, how we breathe. My friend Kurt Tropiano arrived at camp the summer of 2015 to be a camp counselor and impacted a lot of lives right away. He's got a great story to share and a bunch of immediately applicable ideas to your life and the lives for those of whom you care. In Aussie, living in Shanghai, Kurt is the strength and conditioning manager at the clinic by International Rehabilitation Specialists. He comes from a sports background, playing Aussie rules football and cricket back in Australia. And I know most of you have no idea what those are, but they're great games. Following his passion of helping others to achieve their best in all facets within themselves, he went out to achieve a bachelor's in sports science, followed up by a master's in strength and conditioning. He spent time interning in Australia and the U.S., working in Canada and Australia, running performance programs and sports teams. More recently, he spent a year working with the NBA, the National Basketball Association, building a basketball academy in China. Kurt is a level two ASCA accredited coach, a certified XPT performance breathing coach, and works to provide training that integrates the physical, mental, and emotional sides of everybody in order to help them attain that high performance they want. I hope you'll enjoy this inspiring and relaxing conversation with my friend, Kurt Tropiano. Kurt Tropiano, welcome to the campfire. Great to be here. <laughs> so we got to share campfires together a couple of years ago, a couple of summers ago. Uh, had a blast. And then now you've gone off into the world and making a name of yourself in the fitness world. But I, I actually, I never asked, what got you to camp? Yeah, so summer camp, Cole, it's uh, actually a pretty cool story for me. It was actually a big part of um, gaining momentum in my life really? and shifting my life. Yeah. So... Um, the winter before I was doing an internship in Arizona Mm -hmm. and that finished up in January. And then, uh, I thought I was going to go home and, you know, just go back into the strength and conditioning world and, you know, find a job easy and, uh, keep on rolling. And, uh, I, you know, I struggled to find a job. Uh, you know, I was wondering what I was going to do. And so, you know, in that time I was actually back on back on the farm with mum and dad, you know, mm-hmm. giving them a hand, helping them, you know, plant the crop for the year, sure. which is uh, not where I wanted to be. You know, it was, it was frustrating because, you know, I wanted to go out into the field and do what I was supposed to do. And, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, nothing was opening up for me. So I actually, it actually taught me a big lesson for starters that, you know, I was, uh, you know, I was disappointed. I was trying everything I could to make something happen. 
Uh, but yet I was still on the tractor, you know, 12 hours a day, sure. you know, doing work. Where were you guys planting? Uh, wheat. Wheat. Okay. Wheat. And we're not talking about Kansas. We're talking about Australia. We're wheat. talking about Australia. So there's, uh, <laughs> you know, Dad's got 8,000 acres and, uh, you know, we working 12 hour, 12 to 14 hour days. I was on night shift, which was even worse because oh. I'm not a night person. <laughs> and so I wasn't, I wasn't enjoying, uh, enjoying life as much as I wanted to at that point. And, uh, <laughs> I remember Dad just telling me one day just to, to check my you know to check my attitude and uh, and starting you know start enjoying where I'm at hmm. in, the, in the present moment and because yeah. I'd forgotten that and I'd always been taught that but I'd forgotten that and so I was like you know what I'm gonna just enjoy you know enjoy seating enjoy for the rest of the time enjoying getting up at this time yeah. enjoying you know spending time with myself on the tractor and uh, and really just love what I was doing regardless of you know, not being where I wanted to be. Sure. And what that actually did, Cole, was that made enough space for me to stop being like focusing on, I hate this, I hate this, you know, why am I here? I want to get out of here. And it brought me back into the present moment. And that's where the magic happens. So two days later, two days later, that's all it took. I was, I remember I was filling up the the truck, you know, with seed and fertilizer to take it out Mm -hmm. for the morning, uh, for the night shift. And I remember I was in there and all of a sudden it just popped into my head oh, your friend Mitch is going to summer camp. God, that sounds like a lot of fun. That sounds really cool. This was only probably a month before summer camp would kick off. Yeah. I was like, God, that, that sounds fun. I might, I'll message him and see if like, maybe he can get me into a summer camp. He was, going, he was one in Maine. He yep. was going back for a second year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I messaged him. That didn't work out. Uh, but then I was like, oh, I swear I had a, a friend that, that went before. And it turns out that a year, a girl that was a year older than me in high school I had a best friend that went, uh, Rachel Diamond, oh, the, yeah. uh, the year before. <laughs> I didn't realize you were connected to Rachel. Yeah. Oh, so, that's funny. <laughs> so I reached out to Kate. She put me in touch with Rachel. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm um, interviewing with Alex, you know, three days later, you know, wow. for, for a spot. And uh, I literally got my passport the day before I was supposed to fly out. That's how late the process was. That's so, incredible. So the conversation that's, that had your dad basically recentering you. Yeah ultimately led to you coming back to camp. That ultimately led me coming back to camp. Once I got out of my own way and just allowed life to flow, to be present and to relax, you know, we all have to do things we don't want to do from time to time, but it's the attitude you go in, you take into doing those things. Yeah, Tony Robbins, you know, is the great motivational speaker and coach. You know, he says, you know, if you're in your head, you're dead. Yeah, exactly. You know, you've got to get out of your head. You've got to actually appreciate what's around you and focus on what's around you rather than what's all inside you all the time. 100%. And, you know, once I did that, everything flowed. Like Everything came together. So, you know, three days later, I was, you know, talking to Alex. And then (laughs) after that, and the week after, I was going to Perth to get, you know, get the visa and get it sorted and all just worked out timing perfect. That's crazy. And so I basically had no time to prep for what I was getting myself into. I just yep. knew it was going to be a lot of fun and I was just excited to, one, get off the farm, <laughs> but two, you know, I've always loved travelling and I've always been around travelling mm-hmm. uh, to different countries, different places mm-hmm. and experience something new. So you came from the background of, of health and physical education and training. Like you really, from a fit standpoint, and, and y'all, you can't see Kurt, but he's a very fit human being. Um, that then brought you to camp how does those how do those two worlds meet for you at, at camp? Yeah, so I'm a strength and conditioning coach uh, with a master's in strength and conditioning, and I'd always been working in team sports. I've come from team sports, mm-hmm. you know, I've played it my whole life, and mm-hmm. I always wanted to, you know, help someone else get the best out of themselves. I always wanted to be the person to help back them, 
because that's what I wanted for me when I was younger. I yeah. wanted someone to get behind me. Yeah. Say, Kurt, this is what you need to do. I'll be here to help you. Yeah. You know, so uh, in, in bringing it to camp, it was a, it was a chance to, um, you know, share my skills with, with young men and women that, mm-hmm. that felt they had, had that same drive and not even that same drive, but just to give them knowledge to make fitness fun and do things that they enjoy and to have someone to support them to do it and do it in a fun way. Yeah. It's funny, you know, when you think about camping from a historical standpoint, fitness was never really even a part of it until probably five, six, seven, eight years ago because mm. it was all about play all the time, go have a good time. Now kids are leaving home, but yet they want to improve and get ready for a team sport in the fall or for even something that's more. So you're seeing a big rise in, in strength and conditioning as a part of summer camp. Was it a big part, you know, for your kids? Uh, for my kids, they I think it was quite an introduction to them, Cole. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that's when you know when we spoke and uh, sorted out with Sue and stuff, we were mm-hmm. starting to get that yeah. get that happening because yeah. that was three years ago. So we were just yeah. starting to get that moving. Yeah, we had just built the cove, yeah. and the fitness room, and yeah. Well, the cove came the year oh, after. That's right. So it did. we were in the we were in the little shed that, that room, Cole. So that's how uh, that's how. <laughs> Little it was getting used, right? So, yeah, we were in the hot box. <laughs> I think every morning, me yes. and But uh, yeah, being able to work with, especially my boys, the senior mm-hmm. boys, you know, mm-hmm. they got on board pretty quickly, and yep. you know, the chance to, um, you know, start to start to look better and feel better was yeah. uh, was all they needed. But I think um, you know what was so important was to just bring that education to the boys on how mm-hmm. to do it properly. You know, yeah. at some stage, the majority of them are going to want to go and do it. Yeah. But to get a, get the chance to, you know, put three weeks into them to teach them how to squat, how to lunge, mm-hmm. how to hinge, yeah. you know, to hopefully hold them in better stead for um, yeah. for when they when they choose to go into it a bit further. Yeah, that, that safety aspect is so huge. And just yeah. understanding the technique. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Base techniques, base movements. And, you know, mm-hmm. if they get that out of the way and, at least I know they can do it properly and then hopefully, you know, hopefully that keeps them a bit safer for when they choose to go into it a bit further. Yeah, but it's amazing what happens when you start to see some gains. Mm. You know, especially young people, they see all of a sudden I can do more push-ups or I stand up a little bit straighter. Mm. You know, I feel a little bit stronger when I'm playing, you know, the basketball court or the tennis court or, or just even walking around camp. You get those little gains. It's like, oh, I want some, I want some more. Yeah, 100%. And, like, I see it, Cole, it's, it's so important because, um, you know, the physical aspect – is really important for your body mm-hmm. and how you look, but also what it does for you. I feel like mentally, what it does for you energetically, mm-hmm. is is huge. Because if you are strong in your body, you're also strong in your mind. Right. Well, it's a symbiotic system. It, you know, they feed into each other one exactly. way. You know, you have to have a strong mind to get things going sometimes because there are certainly moments where you don't want to work out. For sure, for yeah. sure. But this, yeah, I just find the stronger you are in here the stronger you are in here yeah. and you know they go back and forth but it's just it's it's like the base I sure. feel like it's like the um, yeah it's like the foundation of holding it together yeah without and a doubt stronger you are yeah you can handle it mentally you can handle it emotionally mm-hmm. in a strong body awesome so you, you leave camp you come down to Athens, Georgia, where we're, we're, we're taping this right now. Yeah. Kind of back in your little a second home. Yeah. Um, and then from, what happened from there? You left camp, then what? Yeah, so I left camp, Cole, and, uh, and made really good friends at camp. Mm-hmm. So one of the, as you know, one of the amazing thing is, is the people that, that come to camp and the people you meet in camp. Yeah. So, and, you know, I'm friends to, 
you know, these three, four, five boys to these day, to this day. <laughs> and uh, I've caught up with uh, all but one of them, you know, since since camp's left and we're all uh, always in contact. Catching up with one of them in a couple of weeks at my brother's wedding. Like, nice. um, So we, we travelled together. We travelled together. We went to his place in North Carolina. We went, you know, down here to Athens. We mm-hmm. went to Miami. We went to... Um, we went to Disney World and just and just travelled around. Mm-hmm. And I always had the intention that after camp, after a bit of travel, I'll go to Vancouver. Yep. And uh, I got a a visa, as most Aussies do, to, yep. to go go to Vancouver, go to Canada. And uh, I did. And in my first month there, I remember I'd just gotten a job at a gym to be the S&C coach there. And as I was waiting in my induction, I got an email from uh, the NBA asking me if I'd like to go to China to, um, you know, start one of their academies. Wow. Yeah, just so I was in my job induction in the first month I was there. And, Holy uh, cow. So and, uh, the NBA in China. Yeah, so the NBA and the uh, they're the same. It is the NBA, yeah, but they're... Sure but their um, team in China. So so what were you doing with those guys? So we were, they've got three academies mm-hmm. in uh, different spots in China, mm-hmm. and we were developing, basically developing young talent okay. you know, to, to one day hopefully funnel into the, um, yeah. the college system and then funnel into uh, the pro system. So they were really you know, looking to identify talent, looking to you know, help develop talent to bring, bring sure. over here. And so we were, the, we were the first ones to start it up. So... <laughs> And uh, obviously, I had no hesitation. I didn't know where I was going, or I never necessarily choose China to you uh-huh. know, to go to. But I was like, absolutely, I'm going. Oh yeah. And that was once again another another growing experience for sure when That's I was there. Incredible. All right, so you leave the farm in Western Australia. Mm. You come to camp. Mm. You travel all around. You go to Vancouver, and then all of a sudden, you find yourself in China. Yes. All doing strength and conditioning, except you know after you left the farm. Yeah. Yeah. All, all doing strength and conditioning, and it's back, amazing. as you know, back there now. Yeah. Oh, so, I, what are you doing now back in China? Because I know you've you've kind of bumped around a little bit mm. now. Also, you're back, and I think you told me before you're working with an Olympic athlete. Yeah. So I'm in Shanghai, based out of Shanghai, uh, working at a private high performance uh, institute. Yeah. Uh, that we we created, uh, mm-hmm. focusing on uh, not just the physical, but also the mental, mm-hmm. uh, the emotional. Uh, nutritional and medical as well. So okay. really having a well-rounded system for the athlete. Um, and that's based out of Shanghai. And at the moment, we have a contract working with um, the Chinese Olympic Committee. Uh, and I'm working with uh, Pena Chen, who was the last Olympic silver medalist for windsurfing. Wow. So I'm down at uh, Hainan, which is an island south of China, and based there for the next three months yeah. to, uh, to take her to the World Championships in Australia. And then if she does well there, then hopefully uh, hopefully the Olympics in the Tokyo. Tokyo Games. Mm. Wow. So That is awesome. So what, how, I have to ask, how similar is it working with camp kids and working with an Olympic athlete, and how different is it? I mean, is it night and day different? In, in some aspects, yes. Like with any part of coaching, you have to be able to connect to whoever you're coaching mm-hmm. with. So mm-hmm. whether it's Painter or whether it's, you know, the senior boys that I have, mm-hmm. you have to understand them and you have to understand who they are. You have to understand what their, what is their motivation, what's their drive into yeah. to doing what they, you know, what they want to do. So, you know, for the boys, it's that drive to look better. It's that, you know, it's that drive to, you know, whatever it is to, uh, look good in front of the girls or mainly most of the time it's looking better um, <laughs> but you know with, with Paino you know we've got that end goal we've got that we want to get to the get to the Olympics so right. 
why does she do it? Is it because she loves it? You know, is it because, um, you know, that's been her goal the whole time? Like, what is, what's driving her? Mm-hmm. So uh, in that aspect, they're the same. Um, in other aspects like programming, for example, like the boys are, you know, just starting out. Right. You know, they just need to learn all the patterns, whereas Payna's been doing this for 15, 20 years, so she's right. got all the movements there. So therefore, She just wants to get a little bit better, so tweak the, certain things. So therefore the, the program needs to be really in-depth with uh, with the programming mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, really identifying those weaknesses and what had the best... Um, how to best amplify her strengths with sure. as, as part of programming. Yeah. And, you know, she needs a bit more variation, whereas the boys, you know, would need... Do, we could do the same exercises for the next month and that would develop them. Sure. She'll need specific changing the whole time. So it, it kind of... It makes me think of... A lot of people work with trainers. Mm. And there are a lot of people that might think they want to work with trainers but don't know how to start. Like, what would be some questions that you would want a, a person to ask of themselves first... And then ask of a trainer in trying to find the right person to work with. Yeah, so for yourself first to start off with, I'd I'd be looking into you know the, the why, Cole. The mm-hmm. why will drive everything, mm-hmm. right? The underlying, underpinning effort. So why why am I doing this? Why am I really doing this? And identify whatever that is, uh, and and stick with it. Yeah. And stick with it and make sure you remember it every day because there's going to be days when you're rocking up three times a week you don't want to go yeah. and it'd be very easy not to not to go you just got to remember the why mm-hmm. you know whether it's to be healthier so that you can play with your kids mm-hmm. you know or you know so you look a bit better and feel a bit better within yourself mm-hmm. you know and the second thing I'd say is you want to do it for you want to do it for the right reasons yeah. you know you want to do it for um, for heart because what you don't want to do is to is to put all your self-worth in how you look, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, someone's always going to look better. Exactly. Someone's you know? always going to look better. Yeah. And, you know, you want to do it, you know, you don't want to do it for those reasons because whenever you're linked to, you know, linked to your body, for mm-hmm. example, so, if, you know, if I'm only happy when I look good, sure, there's going to be a time when I'm not looking great. And if I slip all of a sudden, you know, one yeah. or two degrees, then I'm going to hate myself for it. Yeah, so it's such a slippery slope. Such a very slippery slope. So when my self-worth is put into my body, yeah. You know, there's a problem. So yeah. that's what I would say as well, which, you know, a lot of the time we're not aware of. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we put, um, you know, our self-esteem in, into whatever we do, our job, our kids, whatever. Yeah. And then when you're looking for a, looking for a trainer, I'll be picking someone who, who cares. Mm-hmm. I'll be making sure you're speaking with them and you, you know, you can feel that they care about you. Yeah. That's the... Honestly, that's the ultimate thing because if they care about you, they're going to want to go that extra mile in making sure you know the technique, in making sure that you're well, in making sure that you're um, handling it well. Yeah. You know, you don't, it doesn't matter anything else. If they don't care, then you won't be motivated to come and you won't be motivated to do it. So right. I, that's that's the big thing I'd be looking for. I'd yeah. be looking for someone who gave, gave a crap about me. Yeah. Mm. It's funny I, that to me makes me think that's one of the reasons why you were such a great camp counselor is because mm. you were there for the boys, mm. you know, just as our, our great counselors in any, whether it's boys or girls, old, young, they are truly present and into whatever those kids are, are doing and supporting them through that process. 100%, 100%. And that's that's why I think that's one of my best attributes as a coach mm-hmm. is, is I care because that's what I wanted to be. That's what I wanted someone to do for me when I was younger. Sure. Now, you said that camp really kind of was a bit of a launching pad for you. Yeah. How so? Well, it helped me gain momentum within myself, Mm -hmm. is what it did. It helped Mm -hmm. me gain 
uh, gain confidence. It helped me gain, it helped me just, um, like in that whole time with camp, like I was just bettering my values, my attributes, what I cared about myself. Mm -hmm. So for example, you know, I was spending time, you know, meditating every day, Mm -hmm. I was spending time being able to be healthy, lifting every day, and I was spending time in, in joy. I was, mm-hmm. I was getting to teach boys, you know, young men, and uh, I love being a role model and I love um, giving back in that way. And I was getting to spend time with them every day, understanding them more, getting to, you know, play, have fun with them, yeah. you know, care about them, seeing them grow, and, yeah, just having fun with a lot of friends that I made around me in, uh, in joy. So that just kept on building and building for me and, mm-hmm. you know, I had a bit of momentum, a bit of direction. So that was sort of a, a launching pad. That's like awesome. I taught meditation for the first time yeah, there, you so know, I, things I, like that. I, I want to speak about that, but, but first I want to get to something different because the meditation to me is, is really, really cool. But I, I just have to comment that, was that what you expected when you got to camp and you spoken to Alex, you know, who at that time was our head staffing, you know, person, and, you know, you, you show up at camp and all of a sudden you leave camp and you feel like this is a launching pad. I got immersed in joy for that long. And let's not kid ourselves, it was hard. I know you oh, had a, sure. a lot of stuff to do. But did you expect that outcome? You know, the beauty is that I didn't expect anything. I didn't oh. have any expectations. Because I came so late, I, sure. all I knew was that my friend had a good time when he, when he went and he wanted to go back. And all I knew was I was getting off the farm and I was, <laughs> I was going to be able to, you know... Um, you know, work with, work with young people. So mm-hmm. I honestly had no expectations, and I think that was probably the best best thing that could have happened. Cause I stepped off that bus, I met you for the first yeah, time. Right. Like, <laughs> point, point me to point me to the food, point me to the bed, and then let's <laughs> let's go from here. So, but and that was the fun of it because we were figuring it out the whole time. Sure. So figuring it out, learning more about me, getting to learn more about other people, and yeah. and growing like that. Yeah. So honestly, I had no expectations because I had no idea what I was getting into. To be honest, so yeah. to a certain degree. Well, and it's funny, you know, we do a, a long interview and, and we do so much to try to get to know who you are, reference checks, background checks and all that stuff. But you can't explain the experience until you actually live it. 100%. And, and Cole, like every year, so it's been, I think, three summers have passed now. Like, yeah. I will always know when it's time. Like, I'll look at it and I'll be like, oh, time to go to camp. That was a great, that was such a great year. Look, I don't know if I'll ever get the chance to go back, but I look at it and I was like, that was one of the best summers I've ever had. Like, yeah. that was amazing. And, awesome. and that may, you know, that may be enough for the rest of my life. Colin. Sure. But it's it's served its it's certainly served its purpose. Yeah, you'll always have that. Always have that. Always have that. Such wonderful memories and the people that I've met that I'm still in contact with today. You know, That's so. Awesome. So one of the things that I distinctly remember from your summer with us uh, was a best level experience for a lot of staff members. We were having a our weekly staff meeting with mm. just the the bunk counselors and. You know, the division heads and program heads are, are helping the kids do other things. And it's time where we get to spend, to share some knowledge, share some insight to the staff, but then we try to do some fun. And you came up to us and said, hey, could I do a guided meditation for mm. everybody? And people left that 10-minute guided meditation like they were on fire. I mean, it was it was crazy. Mm. What is it? And, and, you know, meditation has been big. Mindfulness has been big lately. It seems like in the last several years, you know, you've got the 10% Happier book and you've got a lot of different books about mindfulness and meditation. What makes it so good? I think uh, it's because it helps you get out of your head and back into your heart. Hmm. Is the most, is why it's so powerful. It helps you get out of your head yeah. and back into your body and getting out of your, getting out of your fears and back into 
back into you, back into your heart. Yeah. You, you get to explore who you really are in in that in that space, mm-hmm. and you get to you get to really question, dig in, and feel who you are as opposed to think. Because okay. we spend all this time in our heads trying to figure out, you know, who we are, what we're doing, you know, what happened in the past, what's going to happen in the future, mm-hmm. where in meditation you just drop into the present moment. And a lot of the time we don't live like that. Mm-hmm. We're always living mm-hmm. on our phones. We're always living, we always have to talk to other people. We can't be alone, you know, because if we're alone, we're in quiet. And if we're quiet, who knows what's going to come up, you know. So right. we have to spend that time being quiet and all of a sudden things like, you know, you can suddenly feel your heartbeat or you can actually feel like that love, that joy that's actually around you that you actually feel, mm-hmm. you know, whereas uh, most of the time we, we don't do that. We don't take that time to be able to check in and feel. And that's where you can get a lot of, um, you know, your intuition can come in because you're finally quiet in the head and you can actually feel. Yeah. You get get out of your own way to yeah. a certain degree. There's a, a great quote, and I can't remember the, who it's attributed to, but he said that all the problems of the world are, is leads to the fact that we can't sit quietly in a room by ourselves for 30 minutes. Yeah, 30. That's <laughs> try five. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> try 60 seconds for many of us. Yeah. Like, um, so, and, and is meditation good for all levels? I mean, I imagine you know, you're not going to have an eight-year-old sit there and try to meditate, but I imagine which like Cole, our oldest as a 16-year-old, loves doing mindfulness and the different things that he'll do at night to kind of calm himself down yeah. and get ready for bed. At what age does this start to really be effective? Well, Cole, the whole reason, you know, I've started, I grew up with this. So okay. mum taught us, us kids how to do it. So really? So you've got three kids within the age of... Uh, age span of three years okay. so you can imagine it would have been a pretty pretty mad little household but mum taught us when we were young how to meditate that's how this oh. that's how this started mum taught us when we were kids to meditate so we could quieten down before we went to bed so we could calm so that was down. the reason to try that to was the reason the reason was so we could <laughs> calm ourselves down so we could go to bed how so did she do sleep. that like what was the actual process so we had uh, you know cd players back then so mm-hmm. she put the cd player on and it had um Either rainforest noise, and I think there was whale sounds and sea noises yeah. on there. You uh, can hear it in your head right now, can't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Especially the, the rainforest was always my favourite one. <laughs> Bit of rain. But, uh, yeah, so she would put that on and she would teach us how to connect to our breath okay. and connect to our breathing to start and focus on the breathing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it would go from there, you know. And ever since I was, you know, that would continue on and we were brought up like that, like encouraging to go for our dreams, encouraging to... To think big, encouraged to you know create create for ourselves, create our own reality. So we're always um, encouraged to do that. Um, my auntie's a breathwork teacher as well, so I mm-hmm. learned how to breathe, you know, with her and facilitate breathwork sessions as well, yeah. which is what I just got accredited in um, XPT breathing as well. So huh. for performance, okay. So which is what I would also recommend for XPT. XPT. So what is that short for? Uh, I can't remember. Okay, we'll but, find it. But we'll find it. We'll, we'll check that up there. So, um, but yeah, I've always grown up with that. Always grown up. So, for example, with the breathing, mm-hmm. like if, um, say, I broke up, broke up with my girlfriend, mm-hmm. I'll go go to my auntie because you know we have a lot of time, you know, emoting. Mm-hmm. Especially males have a lot of uh, have a harder time emoting. Yep. And releasing. Mm-hmm. So instead of 
packing it down and stuffing it in, mm-hmm. you know, I'd go with her and uh, through breathing, which is like holotropic breathing, which okay. is like breathing in and out of the mouth, you know, for, for sure. a certain amount of time, which, you know, might be 30 minutes to an hour. Yeah. And a lot of time what that does, it oxygenates the body, yep. okay, and it releases in our cells, you know, that emotion, mm-hmm. and it's easy for us to... Get to it. Get to it. Yeah. And allow it to release and come out. So mm-hmm. a lot of times I'd be in tears, and mm-hmm. um, but I'd also see you know get a lot of intuition dropping in so oh. you get a lot of messages and you get a lot of like direction on where to go sure so very powerful so i've grown up like that and i huh. uh, had a mentor since i was 19 on that side of things as well i'm still going today um but yeah that's how we so a bit of background call that's you know the camp was the first time where i stepped in and was just like look i'd like to share this with other people as well sure. and i uh, got that opportunity with with the boys to start and then the the whole yeah the whole group and uh, yeah, I, it was it was super powerful. I was up there and I was I could feel it. I was loving every oh, yeah. every second of it. I could just feel everyone was shutting down. You know, mm-hmm. everyone was everyone was quiet. Everyone was enjoying it. Yeah, and it was for what was it called? Ten minutes. Maybe. Ten minutes yeah. tops. Yeah, a hundred people sitting in our dining hall. Yeah, in dining hall chairs around dining hall tables. Mm, no one moved. No one. No one moved. It was really. I'm getting chills right now remembering yeah. it because it was a really incredible experience. And so, obviously, at camp, that's a high-stress situation for our counselors. I mean, yeah. You're always on. You're always doing stuff. You know, I feel like back home in the real world, we have this kind of baseline stress that all parents and all kids deal with because kids now with schools are so pressurized. You know, and parents are trying to do everything just right, and there's so many different things going on. This type of, of breathing and this type of situation, I imagine, would be incredibly useful. Incredibly. Cool. So how, how would you tell somebody to start? Like someone's listening to this podcast and say, all right, so what, what's, what can they do for five minutes that will help kind of center and open this up a little bit? They can connect to their breath. Okay. So um, what does that mean? Yeah. So simply that means that you are going to focus on your breathing for five minutes. So you may set you set a timer, five minutes, 10 minutes. I'd, I'd say at least try and give yourself 10 to 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And in that time, commit to focusing plainly on your breath. So not what's coming up for dinner, you know, not what you did yesterday, not what you have to do. Mm -hmm. Really work on, you know, being present, really just focusing on your breath. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we can use a tempo count. So you can start off with a couple of different breathing. You can start off just by going um, sort of one-to-one. So that may be three seconds in through the nose Mm -hmm. and then three seconds out through the nose and continue on like that. Yeah. Uh, I'd advance that by... A little tip, your when your exhales are longer than your inhales, mm-hmm. okay, you're pulling yourself into a parasympathetic state. So you're bringing yourself down. So you're bringing your heart rate down. You're okay. bringing your stress down. So when your exhales are longer than your inhales, okay, you're de-stressing basically. Okay. So then I'd move into something like in for three, mm-hmm. out for six. Okay. Okay. And bringing it down and literally just focusing on in and out through the nose and feeling that breath. And feeling your body relax as you exhale. Yeah. Just working on that. That's it. In and out. In and out. And feeling instead of thinking. Is it weird that I'm getting more relaxed right now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's, that's a, have you heard of this box breathing? Yeah. So I, I read something about it. The Navy SEALs say they do it trying to de-stress, you know, whatever sure. situation. What is that? So I, that's just a different kind of tempo. So, okay. um, that would be in for four, hold for four, yeah. out for four, 
hold for four. Okay. So there's, if you think about it, there's four corners of the breath. Yeah. Okay. There's an inhale, there's an inhale, and there's a hold, and there's an exhale, and there's a hold. Okay. Okay. And we can put any any tempo that we want to that. Yeah. Okay. But it's all even. Okay. So it might be three, 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 three. Okay. It might mm -hmm. be you know six, 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 six for someone who's a bit more advanced. Right. Okay. And uh, you can that's we can program to each of those corners of the breath. Yeah. You know. Is that is this the stuff that you would teach your athletes? Yeah. You know, because you're talking about the whole yeah. you know person now. So you're talking about the mental side. But yeah. I imagine that the breath would probably help deal with all of it because it changes your physiology. Yeah. And it has to do something to your brain waves and your air activity in your brain as well. Yeah. So what it can do is we can use, I can use the breath to help bring someone up. So bring them into a sympathetic state mm -hmm. to be like, okay, we're going to train. All right, let's get it. Yeah. Or bring someone down in parasympathetic state after training, mm -hmm. you know, and bring them back down into yep. a relaxed state so they can rest and recover. Yeah. So, yeah, so I might do something like a more like a Wim Hof breath. Okay. okay. So it might be big in through the nose and then out through the mouth, cycling on for 30 breaths yeah. with, a, with a hold in between and go again. So okay. we're building up the sympathetic system, okay, and then uh, we're going to get into it. So that might be if someone comes in, if one of my athletes come in a bit flat, like the windsurfer the other day was yep. a bit sore, a bit flat, needed to get going a bit more. It was a six o'clock session to start. So, you know, <laughs> she's had a long week. It's pretty tight. It's pretty, she's pretty tired. Bring her in. Okay, first thing we're going to do is we're going to start with breathing. Okay, yep. so we're going to breathe the oxygenated body, wake her up, yep. get a respiratory system mm -hmm. uh, warming up. Sure. You know, with what we're going to do today. So I warm her up like that using different, different techniques. Yep. And then after, you know, every... Every evening after she comes off the water, we go and do half an hour worth of breathing, you know, when she's had a shower back in her room to, to bring herself back down into a uh, resting and relaxing state, which may be the tempo we just said, or I actually chuck in a few little holds in there in mm -hmm. there for her, uh, or even some box breathing or triangle breathing. Got it. Which is the same. It's just like Same, that. yeah. Just There's no, you just miss a hold. Okay, got it. So, so you're not making her jump into ice water like Wim Hof does, huh? Guys, man. Uh, that to, that's a lot of fun, though. I did that. In Is it really? Did that in Canada. Yeah, oh. I was learning that Wim Hof breathing in Canada, and then I went into in the winter. Went into the. Oh uh, my gosh. Yeah, the, the uh, I Ooh. guess the pour off of the glacier. So. Oh, that was that was very cold. It wasn't raining actually, but that's about the only thing that wasn't that was in my favour. It was windy. It was windy. It was a yeah. It was a runoff of a glacier, and uh, it was. January 1. So it was oh cold. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that was brutal. Yeah, it was freezing. So one thing I, I, I really want to ask about, so we've got kids that are taking tests or they're, they're about to do a performance on stage or they're about to do something athletically, and they get to a place where they, they're really anxious. You know, that fight or flight wells up, and they don't really know what to do next. Yeah. How, how would you counsel them? to kind of come back to center? What, what tips or tricks would you give them to say, all right, we need to get back to, to ready? Yeah, so the thing I always remember is um, that mag is the present moment is where magic happens. Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. and Michael Gervais is, is someone who I've learned a lot just through uh, his reading and his podcasts and things like that. But the present moment is where the magic happens. Yeah. Okay, for athletes, that's where um, you're in the zone, mm -hmm. you know, whatever you're doing. Mm -hmm. So... And to get there, we can't be. We need to be present. 
Okay, right. so how do we bring ourselves back to present? You know, when we're anxious, when we're over, overthinking, mm-hmm. we're, we're in our head the whole time. Okay, we need to get back into our body and into feeling and into just feeling and being. Okay, instead of thinking what could happen and allowing fears to come in and and uh, and get us worried. Yep. So and the, and the way we do that is bring bring yourselves back to our breath. Okay, okay. is we would be teaching the kids um, these techniques, you know, mm-hmm. to slow ourselves down, but more so as well in the addition to that is teaching them to be aware of how they're feeling yeah as well bringing awareness to it so the kids may not know that they're you know they're stressing and they're building themselves up and worrying so much they might not even be aware that that's happening right so one of the powerful thing is when we bring awareness to something then we can change it okay so it's teaching the kids like okay you're feeling a little nervous you're feeling stressed that's okay mm-hmm. okay that's all right that's not yep. that's normal here's what now you remember that feeling here's what you can do you know here's a few breathing techniques what we've spoken about Mm -hmm. even uh, triangle breathing so it'll be in for three hold for three out for three another different kind of breathing Um, and here's breathing remember go back to your breathing focus on that you know bring yourself back down and remember the difference on how you're feeling yeah giving them tools bringing them giving them, teaching them the awareness around it and giving them tools to shift themselves back down. Yeah, that awareness piece is so huge because so many times kids are holding, or even adults, are holding their breath and not even realizing it. Yeah, yeah, and that's, you know, that's our life force. That's our energy, that's our life force. Right. You know, and if we're withholding that, where else are we withholding our lives? Right, yeah, you can go, what, I think about two weeks without eating before things really get dire. You know, you can go, what, three days without drinking, maybe if you're in a good shape and not a bad situation without any water. You can't go much more than two minutes without breathing. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And uh, yeah, when we, you know, when we block that off, you know, we we really block the energy off from flowing in sure. our lives. So, so if if people want to learn more from the breath standpoint or from a, a strength and, and conditioning standpoint, you know, we're going to drop this at the first of the year, so everybody's thinking about getting fit again. Yeah. Um, what kind of resources would you suggest for people? I'd I'd suggest the XPT uh, okay. website that I, I'm going to I'll mm-hmm. share with you yep. after this call. Look, yep. they they do a wonderful. It's um, it's uh, what's Laird uh, Laird Hamilton. Okay. The, the, oh sure, I know Laird. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and Gabby Reese. And uh, Gabby Reese. Right. So Laird is the world champion, uh, high risk, high you know um, surfer. Yeah. You know, who yeah. does these enormous waves? Yeah. And Gabby Reese's wife is the one of the most amazing athletes to come out of. American a long time. Exactly. And they, they've got a wonderful program together where, you know, they incorporate breathing, they incorporate incorporate moving outside, nature, okay. as well as, um, you know, fitness and moving and the importance of it. Yep. And I like it because they do it in a, a very easy, easy to um, understand, easy to mm-hmm. um, adapt and adopt. Okay. And, yeah, so I think like the way they're going, they've got wonderful recipes on there as well for, yep. for life, lifestyle and the way you eat. And they're just really creating a wonderful lifestyle around it. So cool. I really like them because they, they've been former athletes themselves. So mm-hmm. I learned uh, a lot about the types of breathing they were using for their athletes. Yeah. But also for, you know, for the everyday person who just wants to be fit and better, like wonderful resources on there. It's interesting. I actually saw they run camps every now and then or experiences. In Hawaii. In Hawaii, but also they did one up in Maine at a did summer they? camp. Wow. Yes. So you can go and train with them for five days yeah. at a camp, but it's all the XPT stuff. Yeah. That's that's where I heard about it. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, Kurt, thank you so much for spending so much time around the campfire with me, man. It's oh, great well. to see you again. Yeah. Likewise, mate. Likewise. It's... Uh, <laughs> 
one of those things will it'll never be forgotten, Cole. One of those experiences I'll never forget. So no, in awesome. just eight weeks of you know eight weeks of my life. So it, it's amazing how such an intense short experience can leave such an impact. You know, obviously it did for you. It does for me every summer. Mm. But there are young men and women that are literally around the world. You know, you're from Western Australia. Mm. You know, we have people coming from England or from Wales or from as far away as you know different countries as Texas. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it's it really does make a huge impact on people and then if it does for the, the staff members it's incredible what that does for the kids it's like this exponential effect to the kids they just don't realize it yet yeah for sure and may not be able to appreciate it until until they step out of it to be honest right. like uh, the biggest thing for me was there, was there was just so much heart with it Cole yeah. like everyone was just there you know had good intentions and was just wanted to give and you know have a good time with the kids don't get me wrong. It was uh, it was very, it was full <laughs> on, and it was uh, it was a lot of work, but it was so much fun. It was yeah, so it's much crazy. Fun and you know, it's amazing when you see people leave. Like the day that y'all left, we couldn't get you out of the dining hall. Yeah. I mean, people don't when the bus is leaving. You know, we got to get to the bank. Everybody cash your paychecks. Yeah. You got to get to the airport <laughs> so you can actually make your flights home. But no one wants to leave because yeah. all you want to do is spend time hugging on each other and and say you know, how much you're going to miss them. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's exactly what it's like, and it's just beautiful. And also, I saw so many people change yeah. in that time. Yeah, like uh, those uh, those beautiful twins that we still speak to today. Like <laughs> they just grew as women in that camp. Man, yeah. it was unreal. Yeah, unreal. It needs to be in a place where we all get to flourish. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And that's what you're going to be proud of is running it. Well, no. yeah, I mean, and that's, you know, we do it, you know, the team does a great job at Wilquake, and but it's not just us. I mean, I think if kids go to camp or staff members go to camp to the one that feels right for them, yeah, it draws so much stuff out. And it's not just the kids. If, if a staff member goes to the right camp for them, yeah, I mean, it really does make a huge difference. For sure. Awesome. Sure. Kurt, thanks, man. You're welcome, Appreciate Scott. Thank you so much. All right. One of the things I bet you picked up about Kurt is his high level of gratitude and intentionally positive attitude. After learning more about his backstory, I'm convinced that his parents' instruction on breath work, on meditation, on hard work, and choosing his attitude set him on this very positive and very adventurous path. We all need to breathe. We all need to care for ourselves. And we need to teach those in our care how to do so as well. I've heard stories of teachers having whole classrooms doing a, a guided meditation with really impressive results. Many of our bunk counselors will have a meditation moment with their kids at the end of the day. And during my own college career as a golfer, I learned the idea of box breathing and used it in a way to help kind of calm my concerns and help me stay more present, which really helped me with my focus and my performance. It's a simple thing to focus on our breath, but it's not always easy. The quote I mentioned earlier is from Blaise Pascal. All of humanity's problems stem from our inability to sit quietly in a room alone. If we can do that more and more for ourselves, if we can carve a space that's ours where we can focus on our breath and we can focus on our emotions and we can calm our bodies, it actually will allow us to be the foundation for others. And it also will help us react in ways that are most appropriate for ourselves going forward. Thanks for taking the time to listen. I hope you found this podcast useful. And if you did, I hope you'll share it with a friend. Our camp circle is big enough for everyone to enjoy. Until we speak again, do good and be good.
Thanks again to our friends at Scope for sponsoring the Campfire Conversation podcast. Scope stands for Summer Camp Opportunities Promote Education. They provide children from underserved communities with life-changing opportunities through the experience of summer camp. Scope campers benefit from a positive, safe, and healthy environment led by excellent role models who give them the chance to develop their full potential. We both believe that summer camp reinforces what children learn in school and enhances overall academic learning. If you would like to help give some wonderful children a life-changing experience, I hope you'll join me in supporting Scope. You can find them online at scopeusa.org and on social media at support scope.